0: If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your
1: mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening, so you never
2: have to have a spooky time. It's Ruined.
1: Oh, hello! Welcome to Ruined. Um, It's a podcast where we ruin a horror movie uh, just for you. I'm Hallie, and I'm Allison. Alison, how you that's doing?
2: It. <laughs> and that's it. And that's that's, it. Oh that's all That's all she wrote.
1: Um, and there you have it. I'm a. Uh, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm. You know, every day is a winding road. Michelle Crow said it best. A new adventure.
2: I recently fell back. Not, re- but like maybe, like early pandemic. Early pandemic. I don't even know how we're supposed to categorize like the time knows, that was yeah. like spring to summer of 2020. <laughs> But like spring yeah. into summer of twenty twenty, I got back
1: into a big Cheryl Crow kick, and boy, it. just a lot of hits. <laughs> There's a reason that she. I mean, she's she was she's been famous for this long. Mm-hmm. She's had hit after hit, hit after hit, a sleeper hit, absolutely. Yeah. I recently have been listening to a lot of uh, music. I listened to, and I was like, say, in middle school, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of Tori Amos, a lot of um, been there. PJ Harvey, yes. a uh, garbage, yes. you know, yes. And it's really helping. It's really oh, getting it's me through. That's great. I love that. Um, well, we are we are closing out our summer camp um, month, and camp before we do is over, it's time to go back to school. Uh, but we'll wrap up uh, summer fun. And if you're a child, uh, please don't listen to this podcast. I mean, you can no, if you're like don't. a teenager. But if you're like a kid going to school, what are you doing? No, don't. It's too scary. Don't do this to yourself. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're closing things out. And, uh, before we do, we wanted to direct you to our Patreon. Yes. Um, And we have so, had so many people sign up since our live show in July. We thank you so, so much, everyone who has joined. We cannot wait to continue to give you, um, bonus episodes among the many other things that are available to you, including video of us talking right now. Isn't that a thrill? If you are already a patron,
2: of this podcast, mm-hmm. you are probably watching us talk our way through this promotion instead of listening to it, and like that's what these—that's what you're getting. Like, get in, get video, live show tickets. I mean, there's just like so much in there, and there will be so much more. Yeah. Um, all right, re- if you if you joined this month or soon, what, the, the bonus episodes in there are ginger snaps, which was super fun, and uh, we did it. We finally did it. Uh, We did Human Centipede, and unfortunately, you have to pay for that one because we really (laughs) deserve some kind of financial compensation for Hallie watching and me having to listen to what the fuck that movie is about. So... Yeah, I was gonna say you really paid for it psychologically. Yes, yes already. Yes. We're already at a an, an emotional deficit having done that. So any financial gains will offset yeah. uh the fact that I think that my life is ruined.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, and and really I think I think this is all downhill from from human centipede. Yeah. Um, but we would like to hear from you. We're like what guys what kind of things you'd like to hear yeah. um, on the Patreon. Obviously, um if you do a uh, ten dollar or a twenty dollar um Tier, you're getting at least two bonus episodes. And I was thinking recently, we were talking about, oh, maybe those are, the, you know, the sort of the even Centipedes, The Martyrs, mm. a Serbian mm-hmm. films, sort mm-hmm. of the um more the grotesque, yes. more gruesome. But I think, I would think recently, like, there's a lot of value in doing movies that are on new to streaming, like, you know, I mean, Hulu originals or Netflix originals, so that you, if you want to, could watch them at home. Um you know obviously sometimes we do that like fresh shows hulu we did that right. for the live show so obviously this would be in addition to the live shows but i you know let us know does that sound like something you'd be interested in yeah. and you know if you are someone who watches it uh, you could watch it beforehand or if you're somebody who's like i could maybe watch some of them we could maybe tell you at the Go end of them hey, you probably you can cuz it's yeah. up
2: there so yeah we never want to interfere with the box office but uh mm-hmm. but let us know if you have ideas for things that you want us to do on patreon like we are all ears Which sounds like a terrible Um, horror movie idea. Somebody just being all ears.
1: And again, that was in um, David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future. There was a man who was, well, he's not entirely ears, but he was covered in ears. That's gross. And um, they're they're at a party and somebody's like, you know, they're not functional, right? Oh, and they're just decorative. And they're like, oh, he's not even like a real freak, which I did love in the context of the movie. Um, So yeah, so we will kick things off, um, and this was a movie I had not even heard of <laughs> until I was trying to Google summer camp uh, movies. Mm-hmm. And as an interesting connection to one of the other films we did, The Burning, because Allison, we are doing Madman, yes. originally t- titled Madman Cold, the legend lives, okay, which is a 1982 American slasher film directed by uh, written directed by Joe uh, Gianni. Giano, Gian, why why, why I am I trying to pronounce anything? <laughs> and then starring Galen Ross and Paul Ellers, It was originally about Cropsey, oh. the same maniac that the burning draws from, yes. the same New York legend, okay, of this escaped madman out here killing kids. So, this is kind of but a companion piece. So this came out in 1982. They wrote it to be about cropsey, and then the burning came out in 1981. Oh, so they had so to like, pivot. So they had to pivot. Fortunately, they just simply renamed the villain, which I think is so fun and absolutely what I would have done. Yeah, I mean, like I don't know, just give you them. You already did name. the Who work? cares? There's also only exactly. like so,
2: like. I do appreciate the creativity that that horror writers and and directors and people in the genre have, but like, there's kind of on, like. Like, mm-hmm. Cropsey is not the only guy who escaped from a mental health facility slashing people in the woods. Like, that's just, yes. like, one. So, like, I, I don't feel like even the burning—like, ha- they can take the name, but, like,
1: that concept
2: is right. not so specific that it's like, oh, no, we have to change anything
1: else. I completely agree. And also, apparently, this was, like, it was released, you know, in the U.K., and this was part of—there uh, uh, was actually a film that's about this, a horror film that sort of is about this phenomenon, but in the U.K., you know, sort of we had, like, oh, in the 90s, like, oh, rap lyrics about violence mm-hmm. or, like, mm-hmm. violent video games. Over there was Video Nasties in the 80s, mm-hmm. so do the idea that, like, these horror movies and they are, like, so salacious and so violent, it's, like, ruining society— this is a movie that was uh, seized by police at, during oh. that um, panic in England. So that's kind of fun. And also, it's not worth it. I mean, like, again, that's as an American, but I'm like, we got worse films out Wait, there. Wait, yeah, I mean, yeah, this yeah. is a slasher, yeah. but there's, we got a lot of worse shit coming your way. Um, we always like to have Allison watch the trailer for the film. Allison, what did you think about the trailer uh, for Mad Men? I mean, very
2: methodically, like, I'm like, ah, yes, like, There's a guy out in the woods. People who are in the woods are his random victims, is what it seems. There is something very funny at the end of the trailer I watched, which I imagine is, like, the official trailer from what I could tell when I looked for it. Um, It ends with something I feel like we don't see ever in horror, but, like, the final scene before kind of it goes to, like, title card or whatever is, like, someone getting stabbed or whatever. But you hear them just go, Ow!
1: (laughs) I'm gonna be honest, I don't even know if that's in the movie. Like that might have been one of those like you know sometimes they put like moments in the trailer that don't end up in the actual film. Yes, yes, yes. Very familiar. That might have just been a moment they're like, we have to put this in the trailer. (laughs) I wonder if 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 we could maybe clip it or if we'll we'll I'll drop
2: the link. Um I'll drop the yeah. link that I watched it like into our socials so that everybody can watch it. But like it just and it's like literally the last sound, and then it's like title card, madman. And it's like,
1: <laughs> but it's like I like, ow. It's so funny. It's so, it's so I like good. laughed out
2: loud. Um, and as someone who has been like in horrific pain at various points in your life, like, you do say ow when mm-hmm. you're in yeah. great pain. Like the last time my back went out, I was just sitting in my apartment screaming. Ow! And also, none of my neighbors came to check on me in a way that makes me hate all of them, and I would not help them. I am them. so sorry. Um, but it was just like it's just such a like we never hear people in horror who are constantly being like brutally and violently attacked.
1: Like no one ever says ow. Yeah, that's that's so, <laughs> what I, what an incredible specific for them to include. I also like that it sounds like you're waiting for your neighbors' backs to go out so that you can I, sit there and like, listen to them. Like yeah. ha ha, just cross my but arms, who's and sit laughing on my couch. <laughs> Um, but yeah, what? Thank you for noticing that. That's incredible. This reminds me. There's um a very funny uh com- comedian and comedy writer Andrew Farmer, friend of the pod, who does you know sort of uh, front facing videos. Yes, he did a very funny video, and I I didn't see the most recent Jurassic World movie mm-hmm. or whatever, but uh, it, it didn't sound like it was great. And he does a very funny impression of um, oh my God, what is her name now? I keep I, the the female lead of Jurassic Park. You've seen Jurassic Park, right? The original? Yeah. Yeah. Is it, uh, it's Laura? Laura Dern. Dern. Yeah. So Laura Dern, who I'm assuming, listen, was like, hey, I want to buy another house, so I'm going to be in this movie, you know? i cash an $8 million check. And apparently at a certain point, there are these gargantuan dinosaur-sized bugs, like no. gigantic prehistoric bugs that are on fire, and she turns, and they're just falling onto her car. No. And his impression of her is, oh my God. And it's just something so funny, like to see the worst thing in the world and be like, "Oh God, I gotta god deal with damn this it. now." Yes,
2: she's so. That's like also perfectly her. I was just, <laughs> oh my watching god, watching something with her in it recently, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, she's so fucking funny. She's so good." But that's like such a funny response to like something that should like a movie that is not categor, like categorized by like humor.
1: Speaking of, I I would like to take a baseline. Scary Allison for Matt. I'm going to really try to say madman because I realize I keep saying madman, which is like like he's Jewish. Anything, (laughs) mad yeah, Mr. Madman, Um, madman. So uh, take we also take a baseline. Scary Allison. How scary do you find the concept of being decapitated? Oh, quite.
2: Yeah, Mm, I think that's a
1: scary. It's just so
2: like cutting off your head <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah it's so intense like it's so it's i think it's like the most like violent thing you could do to somebody
1: yeah there i mean of course this brings like us to hereditary right, you know what i mean right. So, we've always had severed heads you know phenomenal horror movies of 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 you know uh, where we have a severed head i agree there's something so basically repellent as a human yes. to the idea of someone's head coming off. And I, you know, guys, you know, we're we're preaching to the choir right. here. I'm sure. I'm sure all, we're all on board. But I do agree. The only thing worse that comes to mind is being set on fire. Yes. But even then, it's like, well, at least you get to keep your head. It's not going to be yeah, in great shape. Yeah, there's just something about,
2: like, any, like, detachment of any, yeah. like, and even just, like, even, like, somebody, like, cutting off an arm or a leg, like, is really intense. And then it's just, like, your head is, like,
1: it's that's where all the stuff who is. you are. Your <laughs> head's who you are. Your head you know, and you want to be able are. to keep track of that. Um and then uh, we always like to have Allison guess the twist. What do you think the twist will be in the movie Madman?
2: Guess the twist. It's tough because like knowing that it's like based on Cropsy and kind of having a sense of who Cropsy is, um, and like kind of that story. maybe like uh the person who's slashing people in the woods uh, wasn't just in the mental hospital. Perhaps he was um, a, a, an employee there. Um, Ooh, okay. Like, a, Love like it. A, a nurse or a even a janitor. But like somebody who is working in the facility and was overlooked as being um, ill or dangerous or something like that. In his escape. Like Love that's, it. That's his. Then he ended up. I don't know.
1: Just trying to look for some no, new no, angles. No, no, I like it. <laughs> No, I think that's absolutely fabulous. And um, let us begin by ruining Madman. <clears throat> so we start a course around a campfire at North Sea Cottages, which is identified as a retreat for gifted children. Allison, were you a gifted child? Did you have to? Did you go to gifted classes? I did. Um,
2: yeah, it was just yeah, like near younger, and it's just like oh, like these kids somehow, or a little bit better at math or reading or something than some of the other kids, and we're going to split them up, and that's going to be detrimental to probably everybody instead of just teaching everybody uh, more holistically.
1: And I think there is a lot of question about that. I was also in gifted classes, and um, I really, I enjoyed them. I do think my teacher hated me because I was, like, such a ham mm-hmm. and, like, constantly Same. wanted jokes. Yep. You know, I mean, like, constantly wanted people to laugh. So I think that was very aggravating to yes. her. I was always looking for laughs. Yeah, I mean, desperate for desperate. laughs, and um uh So I do think, but I do agree. It's like, yeah, I remember being in fifth grade, and it's like, it is making a delineation about children, where children mature on such a wide different, a variety of timelines, yes. and then also have so many different skills that if it's not like, oh, they get sit there and take a test when they're ten. Right. Right. That's just so specific. Yeah, we've just you know decided know I mean? on,
2: like, a rubric of, like, this is what matters for intelligence or education. And it's, like, just a random smattering of stuff that, like, a bunch of old white guys a couple hundred years ago decided were, like, how you measure value in people. Yes. And it's right. not fair. Um, yeah. So, yeah.
1: But it's I also was just gifted. about how <laughs> maturity works. Also, me, too. And I remember— Oh, I you know, I got to do a, a video where I, I was a, a Connie Chung. I did my Connie Chung impersonation. It wasn't offensive. I I was just reading news. You know. Yeah. Yes. Um and uh building a pyramid out of sugar cane sugar cubes mm-hmm. and then the glue melted it so it was all messed up. <laughs> and uh, we probably did some other stuff, but that's the only other stuff that's leaping to mind. Yeah, yeah. And um And oh, we had to build like a town where everyone had to build like a different building that had like a different purpose. And mine was, I just built a house where also they were raising rabbits. That's it. I don't even know they were selling the rabbits. I was like, I'm just going to, I just suggested rabbits rabbits that week. Yeah. They
2: got a cool vibe. And
1: what I like about uh, North Sea Cottages is it, to me, is like, okay, we're piecing together. Okay, so this is a retreat for gifted children. This is for rich people. Okay. These are for rich people's children. Mm -hmm. How do we know that, one, all of the counselors are like fully grown adults? That doesn't mean, like, they act like it, but these are not— At least it's not, like, a 17-year-old watching a 13-year-old. Another confusing thing that we find out, and I don't really know the answer to this, is that this um, is—there are only about five kids there. And I don't know if that's just simply how uh, elite this kind of retreat is. I don't know if a retreat for gifted children is, like, a euphemism for, like, well, poorly behaved, wealthy people's children. I don't know. And so it could just that be a I production point. I don't know. <laughs> like, oh, no, I'm sure it is in real life. But I'm saying in, yes, the, world in the world of the, world of the film, film, I was like, why are there five children here? Shouldn't there yeah, be at any, least 20? Yeah. I don't know. Um, But so uh, we're around the campfire and we hear a song. And when we sing it, it is one of our counselors, TP. Um, And he is singing. It's not a horror story. It's a horror song. And it's about a figure who is in the woods. And I'm going to try to sing it, but it's sort of presented as an atonal toneless droning Mm -hmm. and it's like on the
2: night of the
0: fifth when nothing could save them there was no protection from the darkness
1: and the doom he killed them and dragged off their bodies the smell of death in the air he also says they trespassed his ground and chose to take chances. And I'm like, that's the lyric. Chose to take chances. There's something that's not working. Chose and to take ch- Yeah, no. So he sings this with no music for what feels to be about 5,000 years. And everyone's like smiling. And it's a mix of counselors and, again, the five children there. Mm-hmm. And then he leaps over and he grabs, like, what two of the other counselors and scares them. And they're like, ha, ha, ha. And the head counselor, Max, is like, wow. What a song. Anyways, here's my story. You see that dilapidated house no. that's like 100 yards away? Why would they even way, way too
2: close be to be a camp with that on the property?
1: Also, I want to be clear, it is totally pitch dark, which as we've established in the other summer camp movies, um that this it's it's nighttime, right? You know what I mean nighttime this isn't like, in the like Oh, it's like five or whatever. And also, like
2: nighttime in the woods is not nighttime yes. in a city or the or even the suburbs. Like there's no right. like light pollution. That's like oh,
1: we can still kind of see stuff or whatever. It's like it is pitch black. And he tells him a story about the the farmer and his family who used to live in this house. And he says
0: he was an evil man. He beat his wife.
1: Brutally punishes children. He'd drink at the tavern and huh, fight all the time. One night, many years ago, now that I think of it, it was many years ago tonight, the farmer went stark raving mad and chopped his wife into little pieces before hacking his son and daughter to death. And then he went to the tavern with his axe covered in blood and he threw it on the bar and he ordered a beer. Needless to say, the townsfolk attacked him, hung him from a tree, killed him. But Allison, in the morning, the farmer's body was was gone. And so were the bodies of his wife and children. Ooh. And Richie, one of the, one of the uh, older children, who he's supposed to be like 18, interrupts us like, come on, you're just making this up to scare us. And the head counselor, Max, says, I don't know. All I know is that the farmer's ghost stalks the forest. And I can't tell you his name, because if I do, he'll hear it. And he'll come for you no, and kill you. I don't like that. Anyway, his name is Madman Mars. And he just tells him the name. It's like you just said that he's <laughs> going to hear it. Oh, and then a kid says, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. And Max says, oh, sorry, it's Madman Mars. And Richie starts shouting at the abandoned house, which again is like pretty close. Right. And then he picks up a rock and he hurls a rock through the windows, like taunting madman Mars, like, oh, if you're going to come out, come out and get me, trying to, like, put on a brave face for the counselors. Sure. And Max yells to the house he says, oh, Mars, no, he's young. He doesn't know any better. Anyways, I hope that contains him. Otherwise, you'll smell him before you see his horribly mutilated face. It's the last thing you see before your head will be chopped off. Anywho. What? I hope you all enjoyed the story. It's my way of saying thank you. Tomorrow your parents will come up for the last weekend. Oh, my God. I can't believe I forgot this, Allison. Okay, here's another baffling part I'm about the I'm still hung
2: up on, before we keep going, or go back, rather. Like, anyway, you're going to smell this disfigured psycho, and then he's <laughs> right. going to chop your head off.
1: Like, that's what's happening yeah. And and wouldn't you know else? You'd think that would give them like, oh, that's useful information. So when you are out in the woods alone and you start smelling something like dead, yeah, you realize to be
2: decapitated.
1: And I'm calling I was telling you right now, eight ate a damn one of them remembers that very important fact that could have saved their lives. I feel
2: like it's something I couldn't forget if somebody said that to me.
1: I I saw a movie about it <laughs> earlier today, and I'm never gonna forget it. <laughs> That's awful. Wait, what were you about to go back to? Oh, okay. So he says, tomorrow your parents will come up for the last weekend, and then we'll, have, you know, whatever, and then you'll go home. It is the last weekend before Thanksgiving, Allison. <laughs> so this is not a summer camp movie. This is a Thanksgiving camp movie. And I heard that. I was like. What kind of camp? That's why I'm like, oh, is this supposed to be like a reform camp or some sort of like, this is like a school or something. Like I was like, because it makes sense like, and I head out for my winter vacation. Where is this? I don't know. It's not like, it's not supposed to be Florida or somewhere or California. It's not somewhere like warm. They have jackets on or like coats.
2: Yeah. Like in the New York
1: area, like it would be cold. Oh, freezing. You wouldn't take those children out there. But then I guess because it's in th- because it's a Thanksgiving camp, I guess maybe it could be it's 3 or 4 in the afternoon because the I sun goes down so right. goddamn early. So it could be 5 p.m. Night is afternoon. It's pitch dark. Christmas is around the corner. Welcome to camp. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. And then I'm like, okay, it's the last weekend. So, like, did they go back to their other schools? Are they done for the year? Did they go back for a, so- a spring Do they go, go semester? to schools? Like, I did they go to school? Is this is school? This- I don't know. Anywho, Max says, all right, time to put out the fire. Then we will all walk in the dark back to the camp together. And one of the girls is like genuinely very little. Like she's like, again, I'm so bad at this. Eight, nine? Sure. Like not, uh, not middle school right. age yet, obviously. And she goes over to one of the counselors, Betsy. And she's like, um, are we going to be decapitated? And Betsy's really mad. It's like, I know there are only five kids here, but some of them are actually young children. Like, don't tell. Why would you tell why this would horrible you tell shit to them? tell that story? Right. And TP styles up to Betsy. And you could tell TP and Betsy, again, like every, every camp movie. Again, I can't even say summer camp anymore. Nope. Every Thanksgiving nope. camp. Thanksgiving camp. <laughs> people are pretty horny. So even though they are adults, I mean, we're, you know, I mean, they're still single and ready to mingle, you know. You could still be horny in November. <laughs> right, and when you're old. You know what I mean? Yes. Those are two things we've got you
2: to, guys to yes. remember. You can be horny in November um, and when you're old. If you walk away from this podcast with any information, <laughs> it's that. That, and also if you smell something bad, you're about to have your head cut off. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> Which is, I mean, really tough. I mean, living in New York or yep. in L.A. now, I feel like I'm constantly smelling something bad. It's all gross. T.P. sounds to Betsy, and was like, oh, do you want to go for a walk around the lake? But Betsy's, Betsy's like, why would you? You are terrified the children. I have to go take them back and, like— put them to bed and calm them down, I am i don't want to hang out with you. Like, I'm really mad that you sang that horrible song and then Max piggybacked off of it. And is like, well, we don't have many nights left. You have one night, and I, I I know you won't want to see me in the real world, Betsy. And they start arguing in front of everyone. And another real world thing, like you said about the saying out, is that Stacy, one of the other counselors, was like, you guys are in public. Like, don't do this in front of the kids. Right. Like, if you're going to argue about, like, TP wants to fuck and you are mad at him. Leave, you know what I mean? But it's like, "Boy, don't bite my head off." You know what I mean? Um, but so TP and Betsy, you know, have their argument, and they kind of storm out. And TP uh puts his little counselor hat on and has his uh counsel- campers follow him. Again, it's three boys. Right. So I as far as I know, there are three boys and two girls. Okay. Five so kids. TP's in ch- at Thanksgiving camp. <laughs> <laughs> Thanksgiving camp. And so he is monitoring the three boys. Unfortunately, Richie, the teenage boy who threw the rock and sort of was taunting mm-hmm. Madman Mars, sees a figure in the trees. Allison, he stays behind without TP or any other counselors knowing as everyone sort Did of he takes out. Does not hear anything that we just talked about? He goes into the fucking abandoned house, no, Allison, no, at night no. alone after hearing that story. Mm mm. And yeah. inside in the basement, we hear a man's heavy, ragged breathing as he lights a candle, and then he snuffs it out with his bare palm, which I did think was, like, a scary that moment. That is scary. And we see Richie creep into the house just as we see a figure emerge from the cellar door. So we don't really see Madman Mars yet, but we know he's 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 out and about. Uh, back at Gifted Camp, uh, TP sends his campers back to their cabin, and watches as Stacy goes into Betsy's cabin, and they're just going to talk shit about him. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of similar to the the burning, where Stacy is like, why, "You know, like, why do you even like him?" You know, no. right? Betsy says, "Well, I don't know. He's like, really sweet and tender, but he's also possessive and very weird." And it's like, man, dating sucks. Yeah, like the, the, you have to like deal with that. You know, you're like, I guess I'll deal with him being possessive and weird. But Stacy's like trying to like, you know, you just got to yeah. do what you want to do and like follow your instinct. And Stacy tells Betsy, you know. I don't have many woman friends, and I think you're one. And it's like, oh, I'm like, ugh, I'm a girl, I'm a guys' gal. Like I don't have any um, girlfriends yeah. or whatever. But they have a nice um, chat. Unfortunately, they have to bust it up because like they have to do a bunch of cleaning. I'm also like, it's already nighttime. The time to clean up the camp was either earlier today or tomorrow. Well, it
2: might be seven.
1: <laughs> you're right. They have hours to go. <laughs> and TP asks Max, the head counselor, if um, the offer still stands, and the offer is. You get $100 if you're able to pull out this old axe that's jammed into a tree stump. And nobody could do it. And T.P. starts trying to drag it out. And Max leans over and tries to help him. And they can't get it out. And they even call to the camp chef, Allison. And I'm I'm really, a, I, I hate to report, the camp chef's name is Dippy. <sighs> and he is Dippy. visibly intoxicated. So cool. He um he has an empty bottle of Jim Beam. I feel like this also, is I, not actually a camp for gifted children it's
2: like i
1: don't yeah
2: maniac children of east coast
1: wealthy elites (laughs) yeah that's the original the original title of it um yeah i think that makes more sense (laughs) because based on dippy it's like all right well they're not paying for the best you know right yeah it's like it's like on
2: a real like elite thanksgiving camp like if it was really for gifted children, like oh everybody would be vetted quite well, even the chef, I think. Because like yeah. parents who like pay for that kind of thing are like, do not fuck with my perfect
1: child's trajectory towards Harvard. Right. Um, and I also wrote down basic because of the axe they can't lift, uh, Chekhov's immovable axe. So we know we're gonna see yep. that axe yeah. later. There's no chance we won't. And T P's like in a bad mood because Betsy doesn't want to sex with him and he can't get the axe out. And Max Max is like speaking in proverbs all the time. He's like, if you play too hard to win, T P, you might not like what you become. And T P like, When you play too hard, you become a winner. It's like, oh my right. God, please somebody get decapitated. We gotta keep this going. I got I need someone to die. And I've
2: got some people I'm up for seeing. <laughs>
1: Fortunately, uh, well, unfortunately for him, fortunately for us, Dippy has drunkenly passed out in the chair and Stacey kind of shakes him Perfect. away, wake, presumably to be like, hey, it's 5 p.m. and the children are still awake. You cannot be passed out drunk outside. <laughs> like, pull it together. It's also cold, maybe. <laughs> he also goes to get a bottle out of the pantry. I'm like, Dude, this? is this like a fully stocked bar at this like
2: children's gift? Well, I feel like gift. adults are outnumbering fuck? children at this <laughs> he, facility. They
1: are. Yeah, there are at least six counselors, and not including Dippy or Max. (laughs) There are more counselors than there are kids. Look, that's what Thanksgiving camp is. It's mostly for adults. I don't know. I don't get it. (laughs) Unfortunately, when Dippy goes to get more alcohol, he opens the door to the pantry, and a hand slash reaches out and slashes his throat. He falls down dead. Thank God, is all I'm saying. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, we're keeping it moving. We're keeping it moving. Okay, so um, feature rap on Dippy. <laughs> yeah, Dippy <laughs> he didn't even get a line. He's dead, just he just immediately like, was <laughs> drunk and then died. I really honestly think they're like, we need to have a kill earlier. Like, the, the kills come too late. And they're like, all right, well, we, I guess there's a character named Dippy now. who's going to get immediately get murdered. <laughs> and no one ever brings him up. No one even looks it's like, him. It's like, was he real? I who knows to say, um, so over in the boys' bunk, the two boys who did return are like, oh, Richie didn't come back, and because they're kids, and they're like, I'm sorry, well, I'm I was so laughing. Now. <laughs> sorry. No, it's it's a truly amazing moment. He's also wearing like a white like chef's apron, like he's all in white, like he's was just came from the from the cafeteria and was just immediately murdered, but was drugged the whole time. Yeah. I mean, right, he didn't start right then. He's been drinking all day. Yeah. Um, that really must have been a thing. Uh, it, like, just t- absolute degenerate summer yeah. camp um, chefs. Just, like, yes. you know, between yes. this and sleepaway um, like every sleepaway movie camp. we've done, the chef is, like, just a piece of shit. Yeah. So, in the bunk, they're like, oh, Richie hasn't come back to camp. But because they're kids, they're like, oh... We're not going to report it like we're worried he's missing. He's going to get in trouble. So we'll make up his bed like he's sleeping. So then he has more time to go, to get back. They're like, Richie knows what he's doing. And I was like. Richie's the one
2: who's in the dilapidated house that he was very much told not to go into.
1: Yeah. And so these kids, instead of like doing the right thing and telling the counselors, they like try to create a, a Ricky-sized lump in his bed so they don't immediately sure. know he's not there. And I'll be honest, that doesn't sound very gifted to me, guys. Okay, that's Mm, the opposite of gifted. No, these sound like troublemakers who know how to, you know, (laughs) clean up a mess. Um, Meanwhile, back at the house, we see Richie, who is now in the house's attic, just going through a bunch of shit. And he sees someone returning. And we see, of course, the hand lighting the candle. Elson, the hand is gray and dead-looking with big, long, almost um, lion-esque... Fingernails. Oh. Like he got like the, the pointed nail, like um, you know, like like coffin nails. Yeah. Like uh like a Cardi B type of manicure, yeah. but they're like the same gray color as his hand. <laughs> but I was also like, why would that happen? I don't maybe like your fingernails, they say like your fingernails and your hair keep growing after you're dead. But like Do they? I no, no, I think it's like your skin retracts. I think that's like yes. you sort of start to try to grow raisin, right. and so it like looks you get like, smaller, and those yeah.
2: things don't change because they're more like uh, cartilage, <laughs> yeah, parts. Of I guess those are the last things to go. I think they're already dead. Like, isn't hair already
1: like dead or something like that? I mean, I I no? don't want to think it's alive. I don't think that's it. No, but I, you can yeah. cut it. I don't. You know what? Right. Why are we pretending right. like we don't? Same
2: with fingernails. You can yes. trim them to a point, and
1: like you don't. It doesn't hurt you, right? Yeah. And um, so Richie's just in the house. We see the hand light a candle and is dragging Dippy's corpse into the basement. Unfortunately, we also see a collection of skulls. So we have already Ooh. we know that there are some previous bodies there. And, of course, the madman puts out the candle again with his hand, but not before taking down a rope from the shelf. And the rope has a noose on it. Allison, it's the rope that was used to kill madman Mars. Okay. And one thing I really like is Richie like looks out right as Madman Mars is going back on the cellar back to camp to continue killing. He is running. And I love that like most, you know, like eighties serial killers, they're just that slow walk. Madman Mars is a big guy. He's running like a linebacker. He is sprinting. He is covering ground. I guess he's supernatural. We know that. So I guess he's not beholden to to the constraints that a human body
2: has on being able to run fast even if it's larger or tired.
1: And then like, he's like growling and lurching and like he doesn't speak but he's just like constantly like, (laughs) and I would say he is similar in continence and sound design to, do you remember Vincent D'Onofrio in Men in Black where like there's an alien wearing it and they're like, Uh, Oh, it's not Egger. It's someone wearing an Egger suit. And he's like, hi, guys. It's like a lot of that, but he doesn't speak English. Like, it's a lot of him just like, you know. Fortunately, (laughs) Richie is not a total fucking idiot. So he sees this. He's like, I got to get the hell out of this house. So he runs into the woods. Allison, he immediately gets lost. And then he's just wandering out in these woods. Yeah, because it's dark. Um, at the mess hall, Max and the counselors are all like having their last dinner. And Max is like, I just want to thank you all for your hard work this semester oh. <laughs> and your impact on the counselors. And TP is like, yeah, the impact is they'll never go into the woods alone. And everyone laughs except for Betsy. And Betsy's like, Max, I have something to say about the campfire. And it's like, oh my God, it's the last night. Like, don't try to be good at your job. You know what I mean? Right. Like we're, we're already packed up. Yeah. But Betsy said, you know, the campfire was too much for the younger campers. We were in tears by the end. And I just think we shouldn't be, it's fine to tell spooky stories, but not for the kids that young. And Max is like, that's a great point. Next year, I promise to only scare the hell out of the older campers. And everyone laughs at that. Older camp? There's five people there. Alice said I don't. <laughs> I, you're the okay. Preach the cry girl. Like, are they different ages? Like, what are they doing? I would say there's like the three boys are like teenagers, and the one girl is nine. And then there's one other kid, and I couldn't tell you anything about them. <laughs> so Max tells them all. Like, even if they're all gifted, like they all need different things. Uh, yeah. Um. The so, uh, Max says, "Hey, anyways, uh, you know." Thanks, everybody, for your work. I'm going to go to the town to pick up the shutters, which I'm assuming is shutters to put over the cabin windows. And I'm like, okay. Right, because winter is coming. And they said, and to play some cards. So I'm like, oh, so you're going to go pick up the shutters and then just go drink at a bar in town. And he says, I'll be back in a couple of hours. So that beer you've hidden against the camp rules, save me one. (laughs) I'm not a regular head counselor. I'm a cool head counselor. Uh, And I will say, I should have pointed this out, but Max is middle-aged. Like, everyone else is, I think we're supposed to be like 20s, 20s. But Max is like, hey, I'm like the cool guy who runs the camp, you know? Yes. And so he drives off. And TP says, you know, I'd like to get into something a little more personal. And I'm like, why is everyone making a huge declaration, you know? Yeah, we don't need this. And he says, tonight you saw a scene between Betsy and I, which you shouldn't have seen. No one should have seen that. And I'd like to apologize to Betsy and to all of you for my pettiness and my selfish attitude. And everyone's like, well, that was very nice. And they all lift their glass and they offer this, like, most, like, like a, a toast that, like, you would make if you were, um, remember those, um, it was uh, Will Ferrell and Rachel Dratch played the lovers on the the, lover, the hot the tub, lovers. tub lovers. So they're like, uh, to, in the hot tub, they're like <laughs> to friends and lovers. May you always have more than you need. And Betsy's like, yeah. ooh, an apology. Ooh, that gets my motor running. Allison, we cut to Betsy and TP getting undressed, and TP has a huge okay. belt buckle that has the initials TP, which I'm sorry is iconic. That is iconic. And then Allison, they get into you guessed it, the camp hot tub. And what's a gifted camp for children without a hot tub (laughs) for the counselors to hook up in? And they, like— Well, there are more counselors than campers, so they need more amenities. Like, I'm sure that's on the tour. Like, also the hot tub. Which (laughs) makes me think, like, was this the movie they're referring to in the movie Final Girls, where um, the one character is like, I should have known there was something wrong with this camp. What kind of summer camp has waterbeds? That's what I thought. This is like, what kind of children's gifted camp has hot tubs? Hot tubs. Um, And then we started to like see them like lingering. It's such a long, you thought that song was long. It is so long. And again, the singer is not great. We'll we'll discuss the music at the end, I think. Yeah. Because the music is like such a choice. And it's like, don't need words to know I love you. And you're like, this is insane. This is a children's gifted camp. And of course- they finally kiss in the water, you're like, hoo-ha-hoo-hee. As we see from the killer's POV, they're looking in through of course, the window you have in the hot tub um door to watch people in the hot tub, like you'd have. And we hear mad Men. Wait, is it indoors or outdoors? So it's like its own little cabin. So it's indoors. Oh, I see. Like it looks okay. like almost a sauna. So it's like a like yes, okay. wood on the inside. And we see the madman sort of peeping in as they hook up in the hot tub. And he watches them through this steamed-up glass. And Allison, we get a glimpse of the madman's hair, and it's this long, flowing white hair. Allison. <laughs> Santa. Allison, what would you do? <laughs> <But> my question <laughs> is not, what would you do if you're a counselor? Because nobody knows that anybody's dead. What would you do if you're madman Mars?
0: What would you do?
1: Allison, in this case, you're <laughs> the villain. What would you do? I
2: would, I mean, I would get like, I'd snap a couple photos of my fab hair and nails. Um, and then,
1: so I'm watching two 20-somethings in a hot tub? Yes, and also you are a supernatural killer who has come back from the grave. (sighs) I mean, I think I would kill them and then hang out in the hot tub.
2: Okay, great. If my deal is killing people and I'm at Thanksgiving camp, um... I think I would I would kill both of them and then toss them aside and have some hot tub time. I love hot tubs. Um,
1: I, I think that's perfect. That's me saying
2: that, not not the villain.
1: Um right, it's like, does he know what a hot tub is? Because it doesn't say like when this would have been happening. You know what I mean? It's not like it's like, right. oh, the eighteen hundreds. Right, right, right. Yeah, he could have been alive when hot tub technology was around. <laughs> right. We have no <laughs> definitive answer on that. <laughs>
0: If you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams. Now celebrating 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams is the originator of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort, as its ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are each made with premium materials. Get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code PODCAST15.
1: Meanwhile, Richie, again, is lost in the woods. He is clear. Also, like, they put in some VO where he's not moving his mouth. He's like, oh, damn it. And it's like he's not speaking at all. I love bad ADR. It's so funny. Um, Meanwhile, Stacy is at the lake, like you do the last night of Thanksgiving camp, fully (laughs) dressed in a coat, sitting alone in a canoe, which is on the beach, playing a recorder in the dark (laughs) to no one. (laughs) Um, And so... She tries to. Oh, that's the villain to I, me. I'm sorry. She's, she's the like, villain. Oh, God. I just got to go relax and I got to play my recorder. And everyone's I gotta so blow tired. Off some steam. Yeah. So <laughs> when she's playing my recorder, when she tries to get back to camp, she, for whatever reason, it's like, is this how you got down there? Like, she has to go up a sandy embankment. <laughs> like, did you go down <laughs> the embankment? Well, there's got to be like a dock just or something. Anything. Um... And so she barely makes it up before we see Madman's gnarly hand grab like right after her foot. But she doesn't wait. See so him. we don't see what
2: happened to the two in the hot tub. We just know that he was watching, and now like we're here. Yes. So yeah.
1: So and there's a lot of scenes like that where we cut away and they're like, oh, "Are they alive?" And we only find out if they, we see them again. Okay. And we cut to Stacy, who has returned now to the sort of the mess hall, the main hall. And she's with Bill, Ellie, and Dave, some of the other counselors. And I, they don't smoke weed, but they're, they're acting stone. So I think we're supposed to think, like, they all got stoned. They're lying in front of the fireplace. And yeah. they're, like, having these heady conversations. Like, Bill's like, I loved it. to so watch the flames eat the wood. I think there's a certain kind of beauty in destruction. And Ellie's like, no, I don't think there's any beauty discussion that for any reason. Dave says, well, it depends on the reason. And how do we know if our reason is reasonable? And then he leaps up God. and he grabs a pocket knife and gives this whole monologue. He would have hated it. About like, how do I know what you know is what you know? Oh, how do we know like, what a how person's do you know my thinking?
2: My blue and your blue yes. that you see are the same. There's no way to know. The world is upside down. Shut up! Just be fun and smoke weed and laugh.
1: I agree. So It's just like, are you trying not to? Are you not trying to fuck? Like, I mean, like this right. is the last night of camp, like, right. ever Like Betsy Go and TP pi- already. Pi- I mean, again, I don't want to assume everyone's straight, obviously, but it's like, no, of course. But just don't end camp with by brandishing a knife to your coworkers. Like that just, yeah, that's like, that not tastes fun. Around. That's not fun. And his point is basically like, you know, it, someone's thoughts about the world can be totally abnormal, aka Madman Mars, and you'd have no idea. And Ellie says, "Are you okay?" And AD says, I could take your bodies one at a time and hide them. I could chop up your heads. And then he lunges at them and they all laugh and they kind of like roll around together. And it's like, haha, who knows what will happen if we get a big pile. And I'm like, okay, good. This is what I want out of this movie. Okay. Yes. Everyone just get in there. Um, however, unfortunately, TP finally goes to the boys' cabin and to check on the boys and realizes Richie's not there. And in a misguided attempt again to not get Richie in tribal, they don't tell him what's going on. Okay. And TP's like, fuck, then he must be back at the campfire. I'm going to go back. And Betsy, wisely, is like, hey, take Bill and Dave. Don't go alone. It's dark. You know, yes. don't do no it. No one should be doing anything alone. Allison, TP insists on going alone. And unfortunately, as he's as he's walking there, Betsy sees like a silhouette. Obviously, we know it's the madman mm-hmm. in the trees. And she calls to, to TP, like, oh, oh, look out. But when he turns, it's not there. And she's like, oh, I must have seen something. So you go ahead into the dark woods. You go for it. Uh, meanwhile, yeah. Ellie and Bill are packing up like the tents and like putting them to storage. And basically they've, they've decided like Bill's going to drop out of school. And I guess they're like college students. And he's like, sure. I'm going to move to be where you are. And Ellie's like, I'm just so excited. Let's go for a swim. Again, it's clearly cold. It's again Thanksgiving. And Bill says, I have a better idea. And they start making out. Um, TP goes to the campfire and there's no Richie. He doesn't know what to do. We see him sort of looking in the overgrowth. Let's just say he can't make heads or tails of it, mm-hmm. Allison. Um, Unfortunately, he sort of, have you ever seen this in a movie? Like this is like a comedy moment in like a, an Austin Powers movie. He's literally like passing his flashlight over the trees. And then it we see, it, but he doesn't stop. It's just like, it looks like a gray sentient stop. corpse holding <laughs> up the rope so you see the noose, like it's picture day. And yeah. his flashlight passes <laughs> over and then he goes back and the face is gone. Like just presenting like the
2: prop. It's so funny. I can totally see also that, like when people remember like, Old actor headshots where you had to like show range yes, of what yes, you did. Like yeah. here's me in a sweater with a tennis racket, and that's here's so me funny. like in a <laughs> business suit with glasses.
1: And it's like he's like this is me and my noose. Like <laughs> that's be exactly terrifying. what it is. And. For some reason, TP sees this face, which is obviously the face of like a monster or a corpse of some sort. It's walking around. Best case scenario, it's a dead person. <laughs> and TP is convinced it's Richie, who is a living teenage boy, and it's like Richie, what no. are you doing? And it's like, well, I guess you. But I was like, I guess you don't have to be gifted yourself to teach gifted kids. You know what I mean? Like TP Correct. has a lot of skills. Recognizing when someone is a undead serial killer is not one of them. Allison TP peers into the trees and he says out loud to himself smells like death. Just then Madman Mars throws the noose over TP's neck and throws the rope up in the tree and hauls him off the ground. And there's this harrowing it's actually very like harrowing cuz he's like yeah. TP is strangling and gagging and, and he's able to like, get his hands up on the branch to try to like pull put his weight on his arms. Okay. Only to have Madman Mars Grab him by the belt buckle and pull him, jerk him down, snapping TP's neck. TP is dead. RIP TP. Back at the camp, Betsy's pulling flower petals off a of paper flower, saying, "He loves me. He loves me not. He loves These are me." Idiots. Yeah. Um, and she goes to find Stacey and Dave be like, hey, you know, um TP went he should have been back by now. He's been gone for like 45 minutes. It's not it's like 10 minutes away, it seems like. And they're like, it's fine. Don't you're being overreacting, you know? And she says, I saw the shadow of what I thought was a man and it's really freaking me out. Like, I don't know what to do. And Dave's like, look, I'll go. You don't have to make up stories. And again, in a very real, like mature way, like Betsy is like playing a real person in this movie that's not about real people. Right. Betsy's like, please don't make fun of me, Dave. And Dave's like, you're right, I'm sorry. Like, this character makes no sense in this film. <laughs> but like, whenever she says, it, I'm like, yeah, don't make fun of her, Dave. It's perfectly valid. Dave's yes. like, you're right, I'll be fine. I'll be right back. So then Dave goes down to the campfire alone and he's holding his lantern. And we see, of course, a shot of the madman. Pulling the axe out of the tree stump, like we knew he would, of course, yes. and it's like it's fucking nothing to him, and he starts walking it's after like Dave. He's like, "I keep it here, that's yeah, yeah. It. oh yeah, that's my axe. This that's is is my axe. I old. keep it here, and uh, you know, so I can grab it, <laughs> yeah, for safekeeping." So Dave gets to the campfire. There's not hide or hair of Richie or TP. We see the Madman watching him through the trees. Unfortunately, as Dave sort of steps backward into the trees, he bumps against TP's dangling feet, and he screams. Oof. And Dave sort of like drops his lantern. He's scrambling on the ground. He's trying to pull out his brand uh, pocket knife. Unfortunately, he turns around. It's too late. And the Batman leaps into the air and brings down his axe, decapitating Dave. um, back at the camp. Oh. Let's say another hour passes to the point where even Stacy's like, "Um, let's go to the office and wait in there. Where, yeah, where is everyone? Yeah, let's just go to the office. We'll wait in there. We lock the door. And Betsy's completely on board with this. And I think, okay, they're gonna call the cops. However, when they get there, Stacy takes the keys to the camp truck and says, "I'm going to go find Ellie and Bill, and tell them what's going on. I'm going to drive the truck to the end of the trail to the campsite, and I'm going to find Dave, TP, and Richie who are now all missing." And Betsy says, "Sure." No, just stay here. What are you stay talking here. about?
2: Just stay here.
1: And Stacy, who again always like, "Oh, I'm a guy's gal," you know, I don't have girlfriends. Stacy says to Betsy's face, "That's the difference between you and me, Betsy." You're content to sit, stay behind, and I'm not. And it's like, okay, well, you better be content to have your head severed from your neck, because it's about Bye-bye. to fucking happen, bitch. I'll see yep. you in a little while, you know? And so she storms off. Betsy's I get a gas, but still doesn't call the cops. Um, Stacy finds Ellie and Bill, and they're in a tent, making love, of course, and sticks her head into the tent. And uh, Ellie and Bill are like, oh, oh, uh, okay. And, but Stacey says, uh, you know what, actually, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, just you go to the office when you guys are done. You know what I mean? But obviously, okay. as soon as she leaves, they turn and they're going to make love again. Um, of course, not getting the gravity of the situation. Stacy goes to the truck and we hear the man-man sort of heavy, lecherous breathing. There, she's still at the campsite. It goes without saying, of course, okay. when she goes to turn the truck on, it won't start And her flashlight doesn't work. So I'm thinking, stay there. Go back to the office. Don't go anyway. Yes. Like, now is not the
2: time to, like, improvise with things that are not as safe.
1: Allison, luckily, she finds another flashlight in the truck. She pops the hood. She figures out what the issue is, fixes it, and then she drives off down to the campfire. The universe is trying to stop you, Stacy. Yes. You were not supposed to go. And we see the madman sort of grab for the handle of the car, only for the truck to peel away, leaving him behind. However... He, we, we established that he fucking runs. So clearly he runs through the wood because he's so hungry for decapitation. Yes, he must cut off someone's head. And finally, Elliot and Bill go back to the office and with Betsy... And Ellie and Bill are like, well, you know, it's, it is dangerous to go off by, your, uh, you know, yourself. So we'll both go to the campfire. And Betsy, you stay here alone. And Betsy says, and this is how I realized there was only five kids. She's like, well, of course I'll stay here. I won't be alone, though. I have five kids to look after. And in my notes, I wrote, five kids, exclamation point, question mark. <laughs> That's so many. What? For example, it's like we went to there were more counselors too. There's one counselor, and now it's not fair anymore. Yes, you know? yes. One now, to five is too too great of a difference. Yes. Um. So Ellie and well, Bill. Actually, like, it's only four. You know. <laughs> oh, you're right. Well, you're she right. She doesn't know that. She right? Doesn't she know doesn't. That yet. Yeah, she can't look after Richie when he's literally fucking hanging. Yeah. Well, Richie, Richie's just lost in the woods oh. right now, as far as we know. Oh. Okay. TP is hanging. TP. Oh. Okay. Dave is dead, and now um, Stacy is on the way to be dead. But in yes. the meantime, Ellie and Bill set off to look for the missing counselors at the campfire as well. Okay. And we see a shot of the clock, and we establish it's finally it's quarter till one in the morning. So it is the morning. It, enough time has passed. So well, a, lot of, a yeah. lot of time has passed
2: because <laughs> uh, it got dark at five. <laughs> yeah.
1: So out of the campfire, Stacey you know, gets out of the car. She sees uh, Dave's dropped lantern and unfortunately finds his you know, a uh, decapitated body. Yeah. And, uh, and he, I would say, he, she finds Dave's body and he's suffering from a bad case of decapitation. <laughs> and in this moment, like, she doesn't realize until she grabs his torso and lifts it up and then, oh, like, he doesn't have a head, which is something yeah. like you would immediately see if you could even see a body. You know, yes. like, she reacts like a shock. You would notice if someone didn't have a head. Um, So she I runs back to the truck. I I would. Do you I, I think mean, you would? Absolutely. I don't mean to brag. But I think I know when someone has a head or when they don't. Also, even if you didn't know when you started to lift the body, you'd be like, I have noticed there's like a a lack of head weight attached to this body. Um, So Stacey springs back to the truck. Allison, I don't need to tell you, the truck will not start. So she has to go out and pop the hood again to reach in and try to fix it. Mm. Unfortunately, the madman is ahead of the game, so to speak. (laughs) So he leaps out of the hood, which slams down on Stacey, decapitating her. He is creative. (laughs) Seconds later, Ellie and Bill arrive at the campfire, and Allison, what do they do? They immediately decide to split up and circle around the area to meet on the other side. Clearly
2: the counselors are not the gifted ones in this film.
1: Right, exactly. And Ellie, I should say, Ellie looks and sounds to me like a brunette Anna Faris. Oh, okay. Because she's like, oh, wow, oh, wow, mm, ah, you know? And it's just... It's just such a funny but particular way of speaking. Yes, like, mm, yes. you guys. So I like her a lot. Yes, um, I'm so, on board for that. And, and she's the only one who's like, um, well, let's not split up. And Bill's like, no, no, we'll cover more ground. And it'll be easier to kill us. So I mean, it'll, we'll cover more ground. And so I don't want to get ahead of myself, Allison, but who will survive? Who will survive?
2: I kind of forget, like, who's who and who's still alive. Sure. My guess is we get, like, one lone female counselor that will make it out of this.
1: Well, let me run it down. Okay, so we got Ellie and Bill, who have just split up. Right. We have um, Max, the head counselor, who is playing cards in, the t- in town. Oh, right. We have Richie, the c- camper who is still lost in the woods. We have Betsy, who is okay. back at camp. And then, of course, we have Mad Men Mars, again, calling into question, can somebody die if they are already dead? I'll leave that to you to answer.
2: I'm going to guess maybe that Max comes back and him and Betsy are able to kill Mad Men Morris again, though possibly we lose Richie and we definitely lose everybody else.
1: Okay, great.
0: At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When Freedom Calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5GB data plan
2: with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May
1: 2023.
0: If you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams. Now celebrating 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams is the originator of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort, as its ultra soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are each made with premium materials. Get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code PODCAST15.
1: Ellie makes it all the way back to the truck, only to see Madman Mars standing there as as he drags Stacy's body to the house. Ellie screams, runs in the woods, and runs smack into Bill. And she tries to tell Bill, I just saw a a figure, and he was dragging Stacy's body. And Bill says, of course... Let's go see. We'll check it out to make sure you saw what you saw. No. If there's anything there at all. No one all believes of your women. coworkers are disappeared. There right. is everyone has disappeared. What the fuck do you think is going on? Of course, by the time they go back to the truck, there's no madman or Stacy's body and Ellie's like, "Oh gosh, I must have must have been wrong. Anyways, let's get the fuck out of here and they get into a truck." Okay. Unfortunately, Allison, when Bill goes to start the truck, the engine won't turn over. And they hear what I would describe as a wet, squelching sound from under the hood. Uh, they both, oh, right. They both jump out. Bill pops the hood. Only to find you guys it Stacy's severed head. Yeah. And Ellie is like, hasn't... Stacy's head has got it in going. the <laughs> truck. Um... That's a, I mean, basically the level of uh, soundtrack of this film. Yeah. Um, Bill screams at Ellie like, "Stay, go back in the truck, don't look!" But of course, Ellie like runs around and sees it, and Bill very tactically, like takes a blanket and puts Stacey's head in it and sort of puts it out to the side before they leap back in and they they're able to restart the truck. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, okay. they're pulling away. Bill and Ellie look at each other like, "We're gonna make it." Madman Mars just reaches through the open driver's side window and pulls Bill's body out through the window. See ya, Bill. And the truck's still moving, so the truck slams into a tree. Great. Ellie is screaming. She's able to escape. Unfortunately, when she looks back, she sees Madman Mars lift Bill's body over his head and snap his spine
0: oh. as Bill
1: screams for Ellie to help him. Fortunately, she remembers the rules. And, you know, we haven't talked about them in a while, but the rule, of course, is do not go back to help anyone Never. if you're in a horror movie. You especially if you've, you've run. seen like a truly yes.
2: horrific injury or likely death. Like it's yeah. one thing if it's like you see someone kind of like got away and it's like, I'm gonna go try and track them down so we could be together and like Yeah. But like when you see someone's spine get snapped in half, you don't go like, I'll go save them. It's like move on.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's over. That part's over. Snaps his uh spine. Ellie books it back to camp. Okay, good. And um just then we also find Richie Allison he has gotten so lost in the woods he, when he emerges from the trees he has cycled back to the abandoned house. And we, he sees Madman Mars dragging a body into the cellar before running back off into the woods after Ellie. Richie, for reasons known only to himself and God, sneaks into the house, Allison. Well, I guess, like, there's a part of me that's like, you just saw him leave. That's true,
2: and he does want to find out what's going on. So and it's like, co- could you get a flashlight? Could you get a candle? Could you get something to, like... Take something and run, and like get yourself. That's a
1: good point. I would just be. I'm going to be just stay hidden in the woods.
2: You know what I mean? I'm not fucking one hundred percent what I would do, but yeah, I could see somebody like having the the sight, the foresight to like be like, I could go get something in there that could help me before he gets back.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's totally valuable. Maybe. So Richie creeps on the basement stairs, and he sort of reacts to what he's seen, but we don't see it. Of course, we come back to Ellie making it back to camp, screaming for Betsy, who is in the girls' cabin helping the younger campers settle back down all two of them. She's sobbing. She's looking for Betsy, calling for her, makes her way to Betsy's cabin and then the mess hall, but there's no one there. Call the fucking cops already.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Unfortunately, Ellie turns and she's in the mess hall and she realizes that the other door is open and she hears footsteps seemingly from all around her. And she goes and she slams the door shut, of course, moments before the madman's axe slams through it. He just tears that. It basically might be paper mache and he runs into the mess hall. Allison, then maybe the dumbest move I've ever seen in a movie happens. I'm excited. And I was honestly like, wow, I haven't seen something this done in a long time. Ellie runs to hide in the refrigerator. So she runs the refrigerator and has to not only pull out the shelves, but but then like dump food on the ground. I was like, I know he's a madman. He's going to figure it out. When he's like, why is there all this fucking milk all over the place and all the shelves have been ripped out? Right. What well, like also, the one
2: door you could just open to. Like. Jump
1: through a window. I'm sure yeah. there's another, like, I'm sure there's another door yes, in this building. Is, right. It's a big building. Anything else. Or grab a weapon, grab a knife, grab a pot, anything. Anything. And I'm not saying I wouldn't freak out and, like, make the wrong decision in this kind of, of, of situation. But I'll guarantee you. T- t- I'm not getting in t- t- the fridge. Not getting in the fridge. Also, can you even breathe in a fridge? I don't even know. I feel like No. So she hears, you know, she's panicking, hearing his footsteps, but then she hears his footsteps move away. I guess we're to think, oh, he didn't see her. Unfortunately, she emerges from the fridge and creeps through the mess hall, only for the madman to leap out and bury his axe in her chest, Mm. just as Betsy is emerging from the camper's cabin, and she goes back to the mess hall. Luckily, she looks through the window and sees Ellie's bloody body on the ground. Cool. And finally goes to the office and calls, no, not the cops, Max who we have to assume has just been drinking and playing cards for hours. Imagine going and being drunk and then like
2: need like finding out about all, like coming back I mean, like, what's <laughs> happening now?
1: You think, wow, we had another successful semester at the gifted camp. <laughs> Everybody's I excited relax. for Thanksgiving. Yeah, like I get to, like all, I left so they could finally hook up. We all know that was happening. Right. And instead a, a serial bath. killer is attacking <laughs> the gifted children's camp. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bloodbath at the gifted camp. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be, I'm not, I don't envy Max. No. But instead of himself calling the cops, Max says, I'll be right there. And it's like, to do what? Fight a serial yeah, killer? Call what are the you cops. talking about?
2: Call the cops. And again, I hate cops, <laughs> but like, this is when you call <laughs> is them. is the one
1: situation, The yeah. one situation. Fortunately, Betsy is, is is stepping into her role. As much as we learned as um, Behind the Mask, um, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, Betsy is going through her transformation. She is becoming, going from the virgin, you know, we saw her hook up, stepping into her own as the heroine. And she takes out the double-barreled shotgun off the wall in the office and starts loading it. So she knows how to load a shooter gun, which is going to be great for her. And it looks like things are coming. Do ahead. (laughs) Unfortunately, (laughs) Allison, she sneaks back to the mess hall, presuming, of course, that the killer is still there. Unfortunately, a body hits the window from the inside, and she just like instinctively shoots. It is in fact Ellie, oh, who is was dying oh, yeah, yeah. It's and like it's is absolutely been blown to away
2: to just put her
1: out of her misery i mean at this point just then the little camper hears this oh, no. deafening gunshot oh, no. and comes her cabin door in her in her nightgown and betsy at least does the right thing it's like everyone get the in the fucking bus we're getting out of here yes. so luckily there's only five camper. well four campers and they rush into the bus and the bus so starts Richie's right still away still out in the woods We have not, yeah, Richie is, he, well, last time we saw him, he was creeping Mm, down into the basement and and being like, oh my God. Right. We didn't, haven't seen him since then. Um, Unfortunately, as she starts the bus, Madman Mars grabs for the doors and try to pry them open and jams his hand in there. Fortunately, Betty has to like, basically just like, um, use the butt of the shotgun to like bash his hands away. (sighs) This guy,
2: this is not a good guy.
1: She slams on the brakes. Unfortunately, that causes the bus to stall out. A lot of problems like that in the 80s movies, apparently. People's cars are always stalling stalling out. out. But she's able to beat his hands away from the door, and then Allison, she decides to stay to find the other counselors and make sure that they survived. So she tells the oldest boy, who's like a teenager, to drive the bus directly to the police so let's hope he's gifted in bus driving because I wouldn't be able to do that, and I'm an adult woman, you know, like I, I wouldn't be bus. able to drive a bus. And she leaps out with a shotgun, and luckily the bus pulls away, and they're able to escape. So the kids are okay. However, Betsy is on a mission, a mission to hell because she doesn't know what we know, which is that everyone except for maybe Richie right. is dead. So she goes to the campfire herself, and from there approaches the abandoned madman's house and goes inside. Unfortunately, because I was like, oh, she's going to, Richie's right. down there. She's going to save him. Richie's not there. He just lost in the woods again. The madman grabs Betsy, hauls her down the stairs, and we finally see his face, which is very weirdly werewolf-like. Like, he's um. mutilated, but he's, like, gray and has this long hair. And he slashes her face with a knife. He has, like, a hunting knife. Hey. And he drags her in the basement where all the corpses of everyone he has killed tonight and forever, including his wife and kids, are down there. And he picks up Betsy and he impales her on a meat hook. Why? So he gets stabbed through her chest from behind. But in her dying move, she's able to get the hunting knife out of his hand and stab him with it, which causes him to sort of flail around okay. and fall okay. and knocking over one of his many candles. See, it basically has like a Yankee candle store in there. <laughs> so romantic. It lights the uh, entire basement on fire. It sets his whole murder lair ablaze. Okay. And as Max drives back into camp, he finds a stunned but still alive Richie, who is like catatonic because he saw the dead bodies. Okay. And, and Richie yes. sort of eeks out. Man. Mars.
0: He's real.
1: And as we pan over the pile of corpses and we hear the flames, we see the madman still stalking through the woods to this very day. And then they play a version of the song from the beginning. <laughs> yes, they do. Which is so iconic. And so perfect. it's like my new favorite song. <laughs> it's the Madman's theme and it is um, sort of done in the style sort of like yeah, like a folk tale but then underneath it are the gnarliest 86. So the first time I heard it, I was like, okay, this sucks shit. this is the worst I thing I've ever really heard hard when
2: I've heard like the first couple of bars.
1: However, I have listened to it a couple times since and I actually yes. think this I think this is a good example of this is what camp is. Like, it is, it's, it's something is wrong with it, but it is also, like, it has 100% passion in it. Somebody
2: made this. Somebody made this, and they want, and it turned out how they wanted it to turn out. Yeah.
1: Like, that's the sense I get. And they're like, we did it. And I just want to say, the person who wrote the song is Steve Horlick, who is the composer of the reading Rainbow theme song. Oh, interesting. That's not what I thought
2: it was going to be when you said That we were going to talk about who wrote it. I thought it would be like, um, there's something it reminds me of, and I can't like quite put my finger on it, but there's like a song that like has this kind of like, it feels like it's telling a story from the past, but it's like absolutely like an 80s pop kind of underscore to kind of a more somber-
1: like, historical-sounding lyrics. I love it. I mean, he's worked a bunch of other stuff. He did um, The Magic Inventions like, of Mumfy. It meatloaf vibes. Yes, it's very meatloaf, where it's like, yeah. I'm the murderer and the blood and the light, with synths <laughs> underneath. And we just sort of, the idea is, like, uh, at some point, maybe when they reopen the gifted camps, if anybody even fucking mentions this guy's name, he's going to show up and um yeah. just absolutely go to town. The head... Um, Allison, so um, what do you think are some fatal mistakes that people may have made in the movie Madman? Fatal Mistakes.
2: This feels like one of those movies where, like, every single thing people did was the wrong thing. Yeah. Like, so much splitting up, so much going out into the woods alone, so much, like... Just like not thinking through like outcomes that could and, and like again, no one
1: managed the smell stuff
2: like he was always like right there
1: right and also he's a big guy, he's running, so it's yeah. like he's not silent about like he's constantly oh. grunting and groaning and making sort of like animalistic noises, so I don't know why. Well, like, yeah, there's no reason that people wouldn't be able to hear him. Right. Like, the fact that he could sneak up on anyone feels
2: unrealistic, especially in, like, the quiet of the woods. Like, where it's just, like, right. you hear someone— st- Like, like a twig falls off a tree a hundred yards from you. In the woods, when you're, like, far from other, like, civilization, like, you can hear that happen.
1: Yeah. So, I, I it's, it's absolutely baffling. And um, we may never know. Um, no. But I guess, you know— um, I guess the moral of the story is, um, um, don't lose your head. No. Yeah. Keep your head on straight. Stay ahead of the
2: game. These kids are not the head of the class.
1: <laughs> Which is funny because you think going to <laughs> this camp they to would. Be. Um, yeah, don't send your kids to Thanksgiving camp. <laughs> Wow, I mean that's the real that's the real. The real world. lesson is don't send your kids to nor uh, seek employment at Thanksgiving camp. Um. So yeah. So um, and then finally, where would you place Madman on the spooky scale, Allison? A spooky scale. This feels
2: like a three for me. Okay. I think like there's some scary moments and I do think that like being kind of basically hunted in the woods to be decapitated is a generally scary premise. Right. But it's all like too like weird and wacky. <laughs> like it is very weird and wacky. Um so yeah, I think I think it's 3. Like
1: yeah. That sounds right. Um what about I you? I you know, I'm going to say I'm going to give it I'm going to give it a um God, I'm gonna give it a one because I I had fun watching it. At no point was I ever scared fun. I had it we had a blast. That was the hardest I've laughed during an episode in a long time. But yeah, it is not in any way scary. No. Whatsoever. No. Um yeah. And I feel I feel confident with that. Well, guys. Guys, thank you so much for for entertaining us too. Yes. For attending our gifted camp of the of the mind. Yes. Our thanksgiving camp yeah, and uh this
2: this concludes uh, camp month, not even summer camp month, just camp month because this one really uh threw the whole theme into disarray
1: <laughs> yeah and and that's on me, I guess, except we well, could who would we have known, known? how could, could we know? we have known? And also why? Like why? we don't know what temperature it is they're shooting. I and mean, I guess summer. maybe they they couldn't get the performers to not wear coats because it was yeah, so it cold. Yeah, it must have been cold when they were shooting. Cuz otherwise it's like just have What's people the long sleeve t-shirts. No I'm not going to call anybody out on this. You know like yeah. it's not like there's snow on the ground. Like we don't right. have no idea. Right. Exactly. There's there's some leaves on the trees like fine that it feel that's summer to me. Um I guess the only thing scary about it is that, like the idea of like this guy just went insane and killed his family for no reason. No reason? And that yeah. is scary. Randomness is always
2: Scarier than purpose, I feel.
1: And also, it's like that's scary. That's the scariest thing that I've ever heard of. So then the rest of it's like, oh, so he's just like killing random counselors? That sounds so bad compared to the other stuff he did. Um, And he doesn't kill a kid. So that's good. That's good. I'm glad that all the gifted children survived. Yes, and you keep thinking, like, oh, Richie's going to be killed, but Richie makes it, I mean, he's going to get into therapy forever because he he was witness to a a massacre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a lifetime of
2: um, trauma to deal with, but at least he's alive and healthy physically. Yeah.
1: Well, well, on that note, um, thank you so much, guys. Um, Yeah, another fun one, and, uh, you know, we'll see you next
2: month for a whole new month of uh, fun stuff.
1: And I think we could announce what the theme for September is. Oh yeah! Oh yes, yes. And that theme would be haunted houses. Haunted houses. Which because we haven't done a haunted house movie in a while, and there are certainly plenty of them. Yes, yeah. it's been a minute since we've dealt
2: with something where like the structure itself is doing the haunting or is cursed in some kind of way. And I feel like that's such a fun, rich genre. And as a podcast that enjoys talking about beautiful architecture,
1: <laughs> I hope we. I am hoping that we find some. uh Some really good homes. Well, guys, thank you again. And in the meantime, until we see you next week, if you want to mind, please keep Keep it spooky. spooky. Ruined is
2: a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa.